0: Detroit today on 1019 WdeT I'm Steven Henderson and as always I'm really glad that you have joined us if you love this show and you listen every day but you're among the people who has never made a donation before to WdeT now is the time to support us local shows like Detroit today are our most costly services here and as a nonprofit, WDET has to be mindful of every dollar. Your gift today takes us a step closer to raising the amount of money we need to make up for a significant financial gap. By September 30th, like many other organizations, most other organizations, perhaps the pandemic has really taken its toll on finances here at WDET. So secure the local programs you rely on and love like Detroit today with your gift now at WDET.org. Up first today, the NFL team from Washington, D.C. is expected to announce today that it will no longer be known as a racial slur for Native Americans. It's a move that once felt almost impossible to achieve, given how dug in many fans of the team and its owners were when this would come up in the past. But now the change is inevitable. But it's not the only name that has been criticized for dehumanizing Native peoples. Right here in Michigan, think of all the sports teams who have mascot names that they would say are honoring, quote unquote, Native peoples. But Native peoples, in a lot of cases, would say that they are mocking or dehumanizing them with those names. There's also a push to change the name of the Indian Village Neighborhood right here in the city of Detroit. So where should this conversation go from here. That is where we want to begin our conversation today on Detroit Today. And joining us to talk about these issues is Megan Lata gupta She is the founder of Indigenizing the News, a digital news source dedicated to educating non-Native allies about Native nations and cultures and issues. Uh, Na- uh, Megan, welcome back to Detroit Today.
1: Hi, thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, that's great to have you here for this conversation. Let's start here. What's your reaction to the announcement of the NFL team from Washington changing its name? And we should be clear with listeners, we are not saying the name of that team anymore because it is a racial slur and they have decided to change it. We're going to change it now and just refer to it as the Washington NFL team. But Megan, tell me what your, what your response was to that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled. I think it's a it's a really big win for a lot of Native people and a lot of tribal nations in the United States because for so long, mascots like the Washington football team, like the one they use, have really pushed an inaccurate and just false narrative of, you know, what Native American people, you know, what they are today and like what our contemporary lives look like. And so it's it's just a, it's just a great win um, not to have to see our cultures and lives commodified in that way.
0: So, for a lot of people, I think the name of that Washington NFL team is is something that just is part of American culture. It's been the team's name forever, mm-hmm. and it's and it's not for a lot of people. They don't know that word in another context. But, but I wonder if you can talk about what that word means to Native peoples and how that word lands on Native peoples' ears.
2: Yeah, I think that's really important. I mean, you're right. For many people, they don't really understand or or know the history behind that term. But it really connotes like violence against Native people um, that are, that has occurred throughout the centuries since America's you know founding. And so when we see that name, it really represents, you know, violence and struggle and just complete oppression of our cultures and our lives and our communities.
0: Mm. And and so for the decades and decades that that team has existed, the, the analogy I always say is to other cultures and the most offensive kinds of words that exist in that culture. Imagine you know, I guess living with that, I mean, talk about for Native peoples, how important it was that the football team in the nation's capital had that name for as long as it did.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it speaks to, I mean, we've been seeing for for months now, a really amazing reckoning, you know, led by Black people um, and Black communities to really come at the root of the founding of the United States and say, you know, nothing, hasn't, nothing has ever changed. And I think in this way, Indigenous peoples, you know, of the Americas are also saying that, because what does it mean for this mascot specifically to be the representation of the capital of the United States for so long?
0: Mm. Um, I also wonder if you can talk just a little about... Um, about the ways in which uh, these, these kinds of things are, are seen as honoring Native peoples. That has long been the defense of something like this team name in Washington, that, that somehow this is a gesture of respect toward Native peoples, that they're naming the team after, after, uh, after them. Uh, the, the, the mascot for this NFL team is actually an actual uh, native chief. Uh, chief Two Guns Whitecalf is the, is the person who's depicted on the side of, of the helmets. Uh, I, I, I see lots of people saying these aren't insults. These are not meant as insults. Uh, does, that, does that give any cover? Does that give any pause to the idea that these names should go away?
2: yeah I think that's that's also that's also a point that we've seen over the past few years is people who are like, This is an honorary name. You should be proud of this. Um, but number one, you have to say, are you the person who gets to define what is honorary and what is offensive for this this community like This is often coming from non-Native people who are like, you should be proud. This is an honorary thing. But then, you know, a lot of Native organizations and communities and institutions are like, this is super offensive. We've signed on to petitions. We've spoke at, we've given lectures. We've done teach-ins about how offensive this is. You know, this is an honorary to us. So listen to the people who are actually being depicted
0: here. Mm, Yeah. It reminds me a little of the debate over some of the memorials and monuments and statues that honor Confederates or, or other kinds of uh, historical figures who have really troubled histories on race, a lot of the defense of those statues is that these are memorials to somebody's heritage and that some people are proud of that and that it's not meant – as an offense to black people or or others who who might take offense, And I think it, it, it's a real disconnect that we have in our culture right now, this idea of how how one group of people uh, has an effect on another. the the idea that that you just can't decide that something is, not offensive to you, therefore it's not offensive that that you've got to be thinking of other people and especially people who are targeted in in some way by uh, by these 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 monuments or memorials or even uh, these team names it, it I think this connects really strongly to these other conversations that we're having
2: yeah, and I think it really comes back to the question of. You know, who gets to define their own narrative? Because for so long, black and indigenous peoples have not been able to define their own narrative and tell their own stories and tell their own histories. And now this is a chance to say, hey, we're going to let black people and indigenous people lead these movements to define their own histories about who they are, you know, what kind of representation they want to have. And, and just how they want to express their existence in the United States. And so I think that's the really the crux of the matter is we have to let black and indigenous people do that in a way that feels empowering and gives agency that has for so long not been given.
0: Hmm. I'm talking with Megan Lada Gupta. She's the founder of Indigenizing the News, a digital news source that's dedicated to educating non-Native allies about Native nations and cultures And issues. We're talking about the change for the announced change for the Washington NFL team. Apparently, they will ditch the name that they have had for decades and adopt a name that does not include a racial slur for Native peoples. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. What's your reaction to the idea that the Washington NFL team is going to change its name? What do you think of the timing? Of this decision. This is something that has been talked about for years and years in the nation's capital and around the country and has gone nowhere. All of a sudden, they are announcing that this name is gone and that there will be a new one. What do you think would be a good name to replace it with? Is there a way, for instance, to perhaps honor Native peoples in a more appropriate way with team names? Uh, also, give us a call. Tell us what you think of other names that... Have the same issue. The Cleveland Indians, the Kansas City Chiefs. What about names right here in Michigan? There are four high schools that have the same name as the Washington NFL team has had. Should they be changing their names? What about neighborhoods like Indian Village in Detroit? Uh, what about all of the things named after someone like Lewis Cass, who used his power and influence to lobby for policies of Native people's removal? Uh, when he was working uh, for Andrew Jackson. Uh, should we change the names of Cass Avenue or Cass Tech because of all of that? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Megan, before we... Hear from listeners. I I, I want to get you to respond to the idea that perhaps some of these names could be changed, or some of the imagery and representation could be changed in a way that would honor Native peoples. and And here I'm thinking of of the relationship that exists between the Florida State University mascots, uh, which is the Seminoles, and the 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 Seminole tribes. Now there are not a lot of folks left who can claim to be part of the Seminole tribe, uh, specifically because of the things, the policies that were adopted by this nation a long time ago. But that, that relationship is described really differently than the one in Washington, D.C., and I wonder if you think that's a better representation or a more acceptable representation or if there are ways to come up with better representations for these kinds of things.
2: I think, I, think, I think it's really tough, and for me it's hard to see a situation in which there is a representation of Native peoples on a sports team that feels comfortable for all Native peoples right now, um, just because for so long it's been something where we've been left out of these conversations, and so now it's hard to imagine that. I mean, for me, that any sports team mascot depicting – an ethnic group, or a racial group, or a political group, um, is very appropriate. Mm.
0: So, so would you include, for instance, the Fighting Irish of of Notre Dame, which is, I, I think, most Irish people take a lot of pride in in that. Now, that's a very different kind of depiction than you see for Native peoples. But, but we do have other cultural kinds of representation. Or the University of Southern California Trojans, the the, the very uh, uh, the, the the very ethnic representation there of uh, of of people. Uh, is it that we shouldn't be doing this at all, or is it that there are certain ways in which it's just not okay?
2: Yeah, I feel like I can't you know speak to how. You know people feel you know from those um, areas when they see like people similar to them represented, but I can also say I think it also ties into histories of marginalization. you know who's been marginalized in the United States? who's been left out of the conversation, and you know what was the meaning and histories behind these mascots? Is it one of you know pride like you say, or is it one of um one for you know often Native Americans who it it feels like violence, you know, mm. and so I think there's there's different distinctions between there, depending on the community mm.
0: uh, again, three one three five seven seven one oh one nine is the number on the phones. Let's start with free and novi free. welcome to the program
3: stephen think this is a great topic uh I think the people have long awaited for this conversation. Mm. Uh, I'm so glad that the uh, Washington football team has finally changed their name. It's it's, it's long overdue. They actually have an opportunity to name that team after a nation or uh, a tribe and uh, donate to that nation or tribe or just donate to all nations and tribes and make enough money in the NFL to do so. Hmm. Um, I'm waiting on this Indian Village uh, topic, actually. Um, I don't know the full history of it, but um, that's another opportunity for the city of Detroit. If they, if they can name it after a tribal nation, that'd be great. You know, I can keep keep that going. Mm. Um, but as far as, like, um, examples, uh, I know Ypsilanti football team, or the Ypsilanti High School changed their team. Mm-hmm. They used to be known as the Braves, so, a um, few mm. years ago, and they changed their name to the Y and then eventually to the Phoenix. Mm. So there's some other high schools that have done that also. Um, as yeah. far as the name changes, we can name it after these nations, and Honor uh, to the
0: indigenous long as yeah free i i your your phone is cracking up just a little but i i I think we really get the gist of what you're saying. I really appreciate your calling uh, uh megan uh, the, i think his his comment again raises this question of is there a way to honor native peoples in this in this way that would be better uh if if you if you work with native peoples to try to figure out what would honor them. In in an appropriate way for sports, uh, for sports names and 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 mascots is that is that is that the right way to have gone about this? I was disappointed, for instance, to see, or I guess we don't know for sure yet, but that I thought that uh, what they ought to be doing in Washington is talking to the tribes of 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 that area. Uh, There are native peoples who still inhabit that area who have been there for a long time and had to endure all of this, why not pull them into the conversation and figure out not just a way to change the name, but also to maybe include them in some of the, in, in some of the benefits that the team has had a, a percentage of ownership, even though the team seemed to me to be maybe an appropriate remedy, but I, but I wonder what your reaction is to what free is talking about.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think a lot of people in the United States who aren't really educated in, you know, topics surrounding Native American contemporary lives and cultures forget that there's, there's, you know, hundreds of Native nations and communities all over the U.S., and there's so many local communities that are probably in your area. And so I think it's really important, and I was also disappointed, um, although not surprised, To see that you know local tribal leaders and local tribal communities were not brought in for these discussions because that's a great time to say look you know I'm gonna sit back and I'm gonna listen to you and I'm gonna hear you out and I'm going to prioritize and center your perspective and your voice
0: again free thanks very much for the call and the comments let's go to Marianne in Macomb Marianne welcome to the show
1: thanks for having me i good morning um, you know, I grew up on the East Coast, and you know my team was the Eagles, and we played the Redskins all the time and it and the name would be brought up that it was offensive, and we should not use that sorry that I did um but it was it was always brought up, you know, you should change your name, it's offensive, and it never really dawned on me how offensive it was until my son married a Native American girl. Mm. Um, And I think now, after they've rejected it so many years, that it's more a political gain for them than it uh, is um, being culturally sensitive Mm -hmm. because they did reject changing it for so long. Mm. Um, And I think that, they're really not I think they're hiding um, this political gain in this this changing this time where everyone is becoming more aware of what is offensive and who's being whose um, whose who's, um, culture is being appropriated and being offended that they're they're trying to be PC
3: mm.
0: Mm. and
1: that's that's being subjugated by this name change.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that, that's really interesting. Uh, you know, the, the the question of the timing and what's trying to be achieved here, I guess, as they as they change this name, given that there the, this argument has existed for so long, and so many people have mm-hmm. been asking them. Dan Snyder, the owner of the team, has been so recalcitrant about the yeah. request to even talk about. i mean
1: i remember this as a teenager and i'm i have kids that are you know all my kids are legal to drink now so Mm -hmm. i'm not Mm -hmm. a teenager anymore yeah
0: yeah you
1: know and so this has been going on for uh, 40 years right and so you know why now why now that's a great
0: question marianne i really appreciate the call and I, I, I really love you asking that question. Megan, I, I wonder if you have any skepticism about the timing of this and whether it is a genuine reckoning with the mis, misappropriation of native imagery or uh, the misappropriation of, of of native culture or whether this is just bowing to, pressure the political pressure now and trying to to stay out of trouble
2: yeah well I mean you know as as we've talked before this is a huge time in the United States where you know black communities and and often indigenous communities are joining in solidarity and and demanding change and so when I, I think I think you're right when we see these name changes I'm not thinking, wow, like, how amazing is it that they're finally considering the change? I'm thinking, wow, this is the culmination of decades of, of protests and lectures and teach-ins and movements for justice. And I'm, you know, really grounding this in, um, you know, black and indigenous activism that's mm. going on. You know, I'm not going to praise the team for changing the name, the team owners, because, you know, who has been doing the work here?
0: Yeah, right. And in this case, you've got major sponsors who are affiliated with this team who have said, we're not giving you our money anymore unless you change the name. And I'm sure that had an awful lot to do with Dan Snyder's decision to to finally recognize this this issue and, and make a change. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Megan Lata Gupta about mascots that, uh, that refer to Native peoples with uh, offensive names. We want to continue to hear from you as well. Ralph in Midtown, John on the East Side, Willie in Detroit, we'll get to you next as well. We'll also talk about a pretty important Native people's Supreme Court decision that came down last week. Stay with us right today.
4: Your city,
1: your town,
4: your voice
1: on 1019 WDET,
4: Detroit's NPR station.
0: Listening to Detroit today on 1019 WDT. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Megan Lada Gupta. She is the founder of Indigenizing the News, a digital news source dedicated to educating non native allies about native nations and cultures and issues. We're talking about the decision to change the name of Washington, D.C.'s NFL team, a decision that is Announced or will be announced today what they are going to change it to this comes after years and years of native peoples asking the owners of that team to change the name and after the massive protests that we've seen in the last few months that are refocusing people's attention on issues like this. If you want to join the conversation give us a call 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Megan, before we go back to the phones, uh, I want to talk about this U.S. Supreme Court ruling last week. uh, 5-4 decision, very close, uh, but a decision that really upheld and recognized native jurisdiction and treaty rights in a way Mm -hmm. that we have not seen the court do before. Some people are interpreting this ruling as having decided that most of the state of Oklahoma, for instance, is under Native jurisdiction and treaty rights.
2: Yeah, it's it's a little bit more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's the the interesting part is because, you know, we don't have a lot of education in the United States about what treaty rights, you know, stand for. and. Sure and and you know what they represent it becomes then difficult to then talk about you know what the implications <laughs> how of does that work right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so you know what we saw here is that you know the supreme court acknowledged that congress had never is- extinguished the reservation lands you know set aside for the muskogee in 1880 1880- 1866 mm-hmm. so they're saying this treaty still stands this treaty is the supreme law of the land and Congress had never, you know, disestablished it. So this treaty still stands. It's kind of like um, re-acknowledging or acknowledging a border that still exists.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it was Neil Gorsuch who wrote this opinion. I think that's very interesting for a number of reasons. He's a pretty conservative justice, but he comes from the Tenth Circuit, which is the circuit that includes Oklahoma. And among the justices on the court, he would have more familiarity with these issues than any of the others, which made me think that perhaps his opinion here was the persuasive one, was the one that that, uh, that pulled the majority together. It's, it, it's an unusual decision, though, given, given his conservatism, I think people were a little surprised.
2: Yeah, it's something interesting that a lot of people, you know, d- don't know about the Supreme Court in in other um, you know, legislative and, and judicial spaces, but yeah, Neil Gorsuch has often been a uh, you know, he he's a textualist mm-hmm. and he's very strong on Indian law. He knows yes. what he's talking about. And this is right here, it's in the constitution. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's in the laws, and so this isn't a single event. He has um you know, continued to really support Indian law and and rulings in the Supreme Court, while, you know, it it often doesn't track um, Democratic and, you know, Republican lines as much as you would think that it would. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's uh, it's often difficult to sort of just overlay our political interactions on top of the court. And and it should be that way because uh, they are deciding law, which is very separate from Mm -hmm. politics. Okay, let's go back to the phones here. Ralph in Midtown. Ralph, what's on your mind?
4: Yes, uh good morning. Hi. And uh my my uh uh statement or question is in regards to uh contributions of those uh, Native American people, who, especially like Jim Thorpe who uh helped create the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Uh even though he is in the uh Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, I wonder if a lot of people uh, appreciate the fact that Jim Thorpe is one of those uh, heroes who helped create the National Football League, mm. as well as how many, I think the question should be raised, how many athletes in uh, in uh, the National Football League are Native American mm. and has not been uh, uh, pointed out to the, the general public that, uh, as they're you know beginning to have contributions of Native American athletes into National Football League as well as uh, baseball and basketball.
0: Sure, sure. Ralph, so that, I, yeah, Ralph, that's a great point. And I, I think it gets to it gets to this issue of how much m- this matters. Changing the name of the Washington NFL team is a dramatic change because it's something that was fought for so long and it's because it's a team that has existed for so long, but it doesn't address lots of other things that are inequities and imbalances in that league. And, and Megan, I wonder if you think maybe this is kicking the door open to those, to those other possibilities, or is this just kind of a symbolic win that we've got to take for now and maybe come back to these other things later?
2: Yeah, I think we're just going to, you know, have to see. I mean, we haven't heard what the new name is going to be as well. So I think I think that's coming out today, and that's going to be definitely some big news and may, you know, signify, you know, what next steps are, you know, what might change. But I think you're right in saying that the name is so – this name change is so important because it was upholding a form of oppression, a form of racism, a form of dehumanization. And so when we, you know, work as a society to, you know, reject that and say, you know, that's not acceptable, you know, what other doors can that open for addressing other types of racism and other types of inequities? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Again, Ralph, appreciate the call. Let's go to Willie in Detroit. Willie, welcome to the show.
5: Hi, I just wanted to, you know, start with the whole corporate branding thing. It's very difficult to rebrand something like that, which is probably the greatest part of the resistance in changing the name in the first place mm-hmm. because it's got such a history and all of the uh, you know graphics and titles and uh, products that are already out there. But that and also doesn't take into consideration that the people that it's based off of that term was a term of great prejudice for them but that was a brand on them too right which was wrong it was you know america started out thinking that they came the europeans came here thinking that they found this great bounty that had uh was wide open space for anybody to take over and there was not a people here that was already using this great uh bounty of resources and they were wrong and they annihilated that people and that term to those that were annihilated is a terrible thing to hear in their ears. It reminds them of the fact that there were right. millions tens of millions of people living here with a great history, thousands of years history that was just annihilated and and mm-hmm. that term and that term was placed upon them that they were branded as Part of that resistance towards the Europeans coming into this great bounty of resources, yeah, And It should be thought of in those ways, right?
0: Know, like, Willie, I, I, I think you're absolutely right, and I love that you called to to say that, Megan. I'll give you a chance to react to to what he's saying there. A lot of people, again, don't know that, don't understand where that term comes from, and how damaging and hurtful it is to Native people.
2: Yeah, I think. That, I mean, I mean to your first to, to his first point. Just because you know something is really hard, like with the branding and changing the name and all of these, just because it's really hard doesn't mean that it's still okay. If that makes sense, and I think that's something where. We're learning a lot. And, and to the second point, it's so true. This also represents ideas of American exceptionalism, of manifest destiny, mm-hmm. of the idea that the United States, you know, is a nation founded on justice and liberty for all, which as we've challenged, you know, that's, that's not exactly true. And so it also does, does work to erase the actual history of the past existence and contemporary existence of Native peoples who were here since time immemorial.
0: Okay. Megan Lata Gupta, is always great to have you here for Conversations on Detroit Today. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you. We're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to take a look at the implications of Dan Gilbert's Quicken Loans going public. Stay with us on Detroit Today.